0: Welcome to the Monday Morning Tearscast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. As always, I am your currently victorious host, Daniel Kite, a.k.a. Vice President Kamara Harris. And um, I'm riding high off a week one victory in our first week of this fantasy season that saw... You know, some surprising turns, some big blow-ups, and some disappointments, uh, and we're going to get into all of that this week. First and foremost, I'm just going to run down a recap of the action that we saw uh, in this week's fantasy matchups. To start off, the the biggest blowout matchup of the week... We had Tony's team, hasn't even bothered to name his team yet. I'm not even sure he knows that he won week one, but he absolutely annihilated Mikey. He lapped him 165 to 74, a real embarrassing showing for our last year's champion. We also have Chris's team, Chief Waddling. I can't even see the full name there. I, I, I don't even understand it either. I need Chris to get into the chat and explain his name. But we got Chris's team beating up uh, Obi John Kenobi, 133-91. You've got Andre's team, again, too lazy to name his team. I'm, I'm going to put this curse out there right now. Unless you name your team, you're not name, making the playoffs. So y'all need to name your teams out there, especially since he lost to the second-worst drafted team all v's team he lost 107 to 74. Uh, bag of Mixon knocked off fields of wet dreams 118 to 99 sony side up newcomer steve macedo makes his mark knocking off uh multiple time champion terrace ain't it all ain't all beer and kittles recently renamed 128 to 107 and then the final matchup of this week, and also the guest on this podcast, we had Nick's team, D-Hop Hooray, lose to my team, Vice President Kamara Harris, 108-91. So without further ado, now that we know he's around here, to help me talk about a little bit of what happened in week one, look ahead a bit to week two, and think a little bit more about you know, what we learned in the past week of football. On the pod, we've got Nick Pacheco, a, a annual week one guest here. Nick, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm good. It's you know, it's nice to be back into fantasy football and get back to the normal things of losing to you in week one. You know see
0: i fe- i feel like we both feel like we lose to each other in week one every year like neither of us ever feels like we beat each other but so- obviously somehow we do so i'm not sure how that works out because i always feel like i always lose to you in week one i feel like we always have typically pretty pretty contested matchups
1: you might be right that i i think i beat you last year in week one but it's i think it's the last two years like you've taken me out in the first round of playoffs like we have the most like highest projected matchup total. And then I just get fucking skunked in the, like the first round. And you know, you've become my rival low key.
0: So I was going to say, I feel like we've almost got like a, a penguins flyers thing or a penguins capitals thing kind of going on right now where it's like, it's not like a traditional rivalry, but it's like a high powered one that seems to keep happening. You know?
1: Yeah. It's, it just hasn't worked out for me so far. So hopefully we can turn it around.
0: So I, I guess that that makes you the OV and that makes me the Crosby, which I can take.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's an apt comparison.
0: <laughs> so you know what? Before we get too much into the week's action, I I know the earlier podcast from last week, the the draft reaction pod, definitely caused a stir in the league. Saw a lot of butthurt people. I mean, Paul literally changed his name to the second worst drafted team, (laughs) and I still stand by it. I'm not going to recant my words. I stand by what I said. Uh, So, Nick, I want to I want to put the 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 ball in your court here Uh, based on what you listened uh, in the pod last week are there any kind of major agreements or disagreements that you first want to get into that you want to, or do you want to just like defend yourself or do you want to, you know, step up for someone else? I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Where do you want to take this?
1: Well, first personally, when you had messaged me to schedule this podcast, I was, you know, riding high on being up on you and the matchup was looking good, but we'll get into our matchup later. And I was like, yeah, you disrespect my team. How dare you? And then, you know, it, <laughs> It worked out the way it worked out, so I, you know, took a took a step back, took a breath, and realized that the the rating was a little more fair. I think maybe I'm a little higher, but I guess if you loop me in that that tier of like three, four, five, six, like I'm around there, like I think maybe I had a better draft than a couple of the other guys there, but I guess we're in the same tier. Um, like, did I have a better draft than like you or Mikey? Like, no, you guys had excellent drafts. Like definitely give you credit for that but i'm definitely i feel like i'm in the next tier especially with like the value that i got on some guys like mikey had messaged me after the after the draft asking how how it went and my thing was i was picking for value rather than picking my guys and yeah. sometimes it it worked out like getting godwin where i got godwin it's looking good so far and he i think he's the most talented receiver on that on that team and there's there's a lot of them, a lot of mouths to feed but i think he'll be the most consistent so i'm happy with having him um, yeah
0: understandably so i would say too i mean like i think we on the podcast we even said how much we like godwin at that four or five turn thing and that was great value and you know the, the pick that we had the most trepidation on i feel like was david montgomery and he looked like He looked great against the Rams. I did not expect that in the slightest. I I kind of expected our matchup to be more of a a tight. I didn't think it was going to be that tight going into Monday night because I didn't think Montgomery was going to have a good game. But he, like, you know, on that first play, I think, he ran for, like, 35 yards or something. And, man, he's kind of picking it up. So that that third-round value, he might be able to return it. Because I know that was the one we were most skeptical on. So... I got to imagine you must have been happy to see Montgomery look as good as he did on uh, Sunday night.
1: I I wanted to justify the Montgomery pick because you guys were really against it. I picked Montgomery because he's the safest RB two that is out there. Like Danny said, he would pick like Swift over him, but Swift I didn't feel was more volatile than him. Montgomery's safe, especially after the Barkley pick. Again, Barkley he's a huge question mark. I, again, I picked him for value,
0: but yeah, that's now fair. I my mind I I feel almost like Carson would have been like the safest pick in that range because I, I still have like pretty strong memories of Montgomery going like you know 21 carries for like 47 yards and no receptions like I, I always my my defining memory of David Montgomery or my my perception is is having like quite a low floor and not a super high ceiling. But uh, I know that he showed out really strongly at the end of last season. And there was some talk that that was just, you know, weak defenses. And, you know, it wasn't all Montgomery. But, I mean, if he can do that against the freaking Rams with Aaron Donald and that monstrous front seven that they have, it, uh, David Montgomery might be looking really good, like you said, is that kind of safe RB2 there.
1: Yeah, and I also, I, I like Chicago's offense this year. I, I'm hoping they work in fields. It was like him, Montgomery, like Robinson, or guys that I was targeting because I I thought they'd be values. But, yeah, go go, Danny.
0: Yeah, exactly. it would be fun to see if Matt Nagy can kind of work his magic a little bit and kind of recapture some of the stuff from his first season out there. Uh, were there any other teams that you kind of had major differences on compared to us on the podcast there?
1: And the, there's there's only one like I like I agree with the consensus like I'd move maybe Tony up just cuz like you justified like having Chris high because he got all of Kansas City well Tony's got Christian McCaffrey like it's just that's an auto like 30 points or whatever he's the number 1 RB and he didn't even get a touchdown this week like right. it's just that's just easy and then he's got his wide receivers are stacked and you can put up those numbers if you're starting wide receivers like that so I think I'd move him up slightly, I'd move Paul up slightly, but like those are the two last teams, so moving them up's not like controversial or anything. There is there's one team that I disagreed with you and it was uh Steve's team. Okay. I think, you had, I think you had him ranked like eighth. And I think he had the worst draft, but that's just personal preference, because I don't like I don't like any of the guys on his team. Like, I I looked at, like, after the draft and before week one, I went through and I started making some trade offers. And I looked through his team and there's, like, like, I I can't make a trade with him because the only guy I value on his team is, like, Aaron Jones. And he's, he, Aaron Jones is his first pick. He's not going to give him to me. But I don't, like, I'm not that big on Swift, even though he did really well, like, this week. I'm not that big on Thielen, I'm not going to get Waller. I have Andrews, and Andrews kind of fucked me, but you
0: know,
1: what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I okay. hope he has better weeks. So
0: Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I won't lie. I feel like I wanted to be a little kind to the newcomer. I didn't want to <laughs> put him down like, super early. I, I actually still stand by that ranking. I think... I think Thielen. I think it was like in the fifth or the sixth round he got him. I think that's actually going to have some sneaky upside to it, just because they lost Irv Smith for the whole season. So there's really only like two guys that they have 100% they can kind of pass to confidently, and I feel like Thielen will benefit from that. And yeah, the 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 the, the running backs in Detroit will be an interesting storyline to follow, because even when they were in. A bad game script for running backs. You know, Jared Goff kept targeting you know Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in that offense. So that'll be interesting to see how that keeps progressing. Uh, But you know what? I I feel like the Tony pick probably as the last one was probably the most is definitely controversial,
1: especially now. Uh,
0: Yeah, and but like the thing is, to my mind, I, I wanted I rated those drafts like I said based on kind of. I guess the value of the picks are like how, I I don't know. I feel like when you're drafting first overall, it's really easy to kind of make that happen. And I guess there wasn't anything that I saw Tony do that necessarily stood out to me as like the, the quote unquote savvy move. And I still think as time goes on, I think I might be vindicated there, Uh, but I am totally willing to uh, eat crow. Once uh, Tony strolls to the championship scoring 130 points every week. (laughs) Uh, I don't. Like, I don't think it'll happen, but I will. I I will happily uh, eat my words if it does.
1: I don't think so either. But even after, like, Allen Cooper and Cup, like I still like Ayuk. I still like Lavisca. So he's got like, his his wide receivers are stacked. So he can use that as trade bait to get a better RB two than Hunt. Yeah. So I, I think true. he's. Yeah, I think he's in a good position.
0: I would be lying if I hadn't already been floating uh, trades to him. Oh yeah, he's he's one of the
1: ones guy. I tried to trade with too. So,
0: but I, I I don't I can't get a hold of this guy. If we were I think we were talking after the podcast with Danny and Mikey. I think you have to directly message him because otherwise we you can't get a get a hold of him at all.
1: Uh, well, my my response was a trade rejection. That's that's as far
0: as I got. So. Oh, you got a whole rejection. Look at you. Yeah. So. so let, let's let's move on past the draft, because you know what? The first week has happened. The draft is history, and now we have actual games and actual data to think about. So, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit of the narrative? I know you, you started to tell us a little bit about how our matchup went this week, uh, and I can give a bit of my sense after we hear from you, but why don't you lay out uh, where your mindset was as the week went on here and you saw the... Your players start putting up stats.
1: Well, my takeaway, my biggest takeaway is the fucking percentages are bullshit. Because at one point, I think I had like a 97% chance of winning, and I'm like, there's no fucking way. It's like not even halfway through the one o'clock games. Like, what the fuck? Like, my players were doing good, and I have, like, I have faith that it's indicative of for the rest of the season, like, D hops. Really fucking good. Like Chris Godwin did well on the weekend. Like I'm, I'm happy for them and like how they performed. But then like giving me a ninety-seven percent chance when like half your team hasn't even played yet—it's that's a little much for me. And then like I,
0: I'll counter that because I think there probably was a three percent chance that Aaron Rodgers, Saquon Barkley, and Mark Andrews combined for seven points. I would say that only happens three percent of the time.
1: As, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can I see what I can see your point, but it's like Aaron Rodgers, real like Green Bay, just be shitting the bed completely. Really screwed me. Like, how do you how do you get one one point out of your quarterback?
0: Like, what the hell is that? That's that's gonna be something really interesting looking at moving forward. Like. Is, is Rodgers just, like, tanking? Like, is he just saying, like, fuck it, I hate Green Bay and not trying? Is that whole team just completely dysfunctional? Like, I'm not, like, I don't want to sound the alarm bells after one week, obviously, because, you know, it's just one week. But, like, that was a real, real discouraging performance uh, from the Green Bay Packers there.
1: Yeah, and I give credit to New Orleans' defense. But, like, Rodgers was the guy that I didn't, like taking the value on because I took him so late and he was not a guy I was targeting but like the values there how do you not take him with your ninth, 10th pick or whatever it was yeah like the guy I was targeting was either Tannehill or Stafford but I'm not gonna take two guys in the same tier quarterback like you were discussing last week and then Stafford balled out and Tannehill didn't do too well but he did
0: fucking better than Rodgers so yeah, no, I hear that. I Again, I, I still hold that Rodgers is great. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces back next week and puts up like a 25, 30 point game because there's no reason why that Green Bay offense shouldn't be successful. But uh, yeah, just just on my end, it was really heartening. To kind of see, like, I I was looking at those scores and those percentages, too, and and kind of agreeing with them. I was like, man, I guess I'm kind of fucked because, like, I started the day with James Robinson apparently becoming the backup running back in Jacksonville, which is maddening and embarrassing, frankly, to Urban Meyer's coaching skills, uh, because that's ridiculous, and Calvin Ridley putting up kind of his floor game, like, only 51 yards on five receptions. And and seeing those guys who were, you know, two of my top three picks really kind of uh, shit the bed a little bit, I was like, well, yeah, I'm pretty fucked. And Josh Allen, too, barely scoring over 17 points. I was like, well, I'm kind of fucked. Like, this this week is done. But then, uh, you know, Hawk balled out a little bit. Uh, Brandon Cooks made up some of the difference. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara had an average game by his standards, I would say. Uh, and yeah,
1: then He's going to be so good. He was my third running back. How he felt even sit at six is crazy to me. But.
0: It, it still makes me a little bit giddy thinking about it. Uh, so it's definitely good. And then I was really glad to see uh, Tyson Williams able to, you know, make some big runs and get that touchdown there. I was a little bit nervous uh, at the end of the game where it looked like he got his bell rung a little bit and then Latavius Murray kind of closed it out. I'm, I'm curious to see how that uh, progresses into week two. But, uh, you know, all in all, when it became kind of a coin flip between Williams and Andrews, and I saw Williams get that first rushing touchdown and saw that Andrews not getting like, yeah. a lot of passing work, I started to feel pretty good about the week.
1: Yeah. Like, it's, Mark Andrews is – I picked him for the high likelihood of him getting touchdowns. He's not going to get, like, a lot of receptions, not going to get a lot of yards, not a lot to be had in Baltimore. But I thought, okay, well, he'll get touchdowns. He can have, like, a two, three-touchdown game. And he he definitely did not have that. That was not to be had on that day. So,
0: yeah. And I gotta say, well, you know, I'll I'll ask you first, or maybe I'll talk a little bit first. I was with my bench. I was actually quite pleased to see uh, quite a. I, I mean, you're never pleased to see production on your bench, but I was happy to see Jamal Williams as involved in the Detroit offense as I hoped he would be. And I was really happy to see Jamar Chase kind of looking like the number one target in Cincinnati and, you know, catching that beautiful deep ball from Joe Burrow. Uh, Because, you know, as I said in the pod, I think the weakest spot on my roster is probably RB2, or sorry, uh, wide receiver 2. And with all of Cook's Marvin Jones and Jamar Chase scoring more than 15 points, you know, I'm not going to expect that every week, but I'm starting to feel a lot more confident in my RB, uh, my running, ah, I keep saying running back. I don't know why. I'm not confident in my running back two spot now that freaking James Robinson is a James backup. Robinson, yeah. um, but I'm feeling a lot more confident in my wide receiver two spot there. Was there anything on your bench and, and some of the guys you didn't start that heartened you or worried you?
1: See, I disagree. I love when my bench goes off because that means there's, it's just guys on my team that are scoring. I like guys on my team that are scoring. Fair enough. Like if, if I could have set the lineup better and made the win, that would, like that kind of pisses me off. But that's on me. That's not on my team. You know. Uh, I like that. You you're like a good coach. You're like
0: putting the the <laughs> responsibility on yourself okay. over your players. Look at you. You're such a nice guy.
1: Okay. Um, Jerry Judy getting injured. We touched on it a little bit, but him having his high ankle, high ankle sprain kind of screwed my like wr two three spot. So I'm gonna be looking to fill that robbie anderson was a little concerning because he had one catch like he had a touch he was on my starting lineup though but yeah no my bench is nothing really to write home about trey lance is like a long-term investment and naeem hines is again is a safe rb option in case something happens to like barkley or montgomery so I'm i'm not excited for my bench
0: i got to say, though, I think it's it's good to see Naeem Hines getting as much usage as he did. Just because, like, you know, Carson Wentz strikes me as, you know, I think he might fill in that Philip Rivers role as kind of a bit of a check down king. And as a passing down back, like, I mean, you saw, I mean, Hines had eight targets last week and caught six of them. I think that's going to be able to return at the very least like an RB3 kind of flex value, which is always, I think, valuable to have on the bench. So I think you have that to to feel pretty good about. Uh, and, I mean, that San Francisco defense, even though they kind of, in garbage time, kind of allowed... Uh, you know, the Lions to put up some points. I think there's plenty to be happy with uh, from what you saw this week. I think, you know, you you hit your floor this week, I would say. Like, with Barkley, Rogers, and Andrews, those are going to be probably their worst games of the year, uh, you know, barring any injuries or anything. So I think there's probably a lot that you have to feel encouraged about.
1: I appreciate that. Like, I'm happy that my guys, that the guys that did well, did well, and I think that's indicative of their season and the guys that did poorly i think are gonna do better so
0: yeah just just that roller coaster of fantasy football as uh, as we go through now and now we have one more extra week of of roller coaster to deal with which i don't know if my heart can handle um (laughs) was there anything else from the other matchups in the week or just any other games or players that you saw as the action was going on anything you feel uh was important to touch on or anything that stood out to you
1: uh the one well tony smashing we talked about already but that stood out obviously but his opponent well, let me also let me put the question
0: to you then like with tony's team like obviously you put up almost 170 points in a week I, I i need to I danny can maybe go back and look at the yahoo stats but that's probably one of the biggest weeks we've had it's highest week. i don't so, think it's the
1: highest i think we've been like over 170 but it, like, danny can definitely bet that
0: so what I would ask you, I mean, obviously, Tony's not scoring 160 points a week. But do, is Tony, uh, do you think he's maybe a favorite going into the rest of the year now? Like, do you see him maybe challenging for top spot or the top two, three spots in the league moving forward?
1: I wouldn't put it that high, but I think he's I think he's definitely a playoff contender. And I think he might even, like, push for it. I don't think he's he has the strongest team, but he's definitely got, like... That his team could obviously go off, so that's yeah. that's a definitely a point in his favor, and they they put in the work of the week one.
0: Fair enough. So then, maybe beyond Tony, then like who who else stood out to you as either disappointing? Like you can talk about player or team, or who else jumped out to you as maybe uh, surprising you with how well they did.
1: I was gonna say it's it's Tony's opponent was like it stood out to me because of like it's his players. Underperformed and it's concerning. Like Tannehill did nothing, but he's got Winston to back him up, so that's something. But Claypool, he's gonna be boom or bust. Tunyon, it's touchdowns or anything. Uh, Robert Woods, like Cooper Cup has the chemistry with Stafford, so it's Cooper, the like Cup's gonna be better than him. Terry McLaurin lost uh, his starting quarterback, so. That's concerning. Oh, he's got a lot of a lot of question marks around around his team right now, especially after leaving the draft, like feeling so confident. You know,
0: yeah, that's fair. I I think Mikey will be due for a bounce back because it looks just like scrolling through his roster. Like Robert Woods was the only guy that really had a touchdown on his roster outside of Dalvin Cook, which you would just frankly assume is going to score a touchdown. Like yeah. none of the rest of his position players got a TD and most weeks you're going to be able to score more than two touchdowns amongst your position players so i i would feel pretty good about that
1: yeah and and his his bench did really well so that's kind of a uh, helpful for him that's not too not too concerning
0: yeah like i was just thinking too like looking at uh his players i feel like i would have <laughs> wanted to start uh Corey davis over chase claypool uh in his case uh but and which would have Born out, uh, had the week gone the way it did. Uh, I think Corey Davis is going to be a real nice piece out there. Like, you know, he's not going to put up 24 points every week, but I think as the number one target for the boy wonder, Zach Wilson, uh, I think that's going to be something worthwhile. I'm not terribly worried about Terry McLaurin. Like Heineke showed last year that even like in like a playoff game that he kind of had to spot start, he performed pretty well out there. I think Heineke might actually be more of a – not, I don't know if he's a long-term solution, but I think he could be actually a pretty decent quarterback for the uh, Washington team for most of the year and potentially even an upgrade over Fitzpatrick. Uh, so I'm not too worried there, but I agree that I think Mikey might have some alarm bells ringing. Like Tonyan, definitely, we we spoke about that. Uh, edwards Alaire is always going to kind of feel like a weird point in that offense. Like, I don't know. Uh, there's lots of history of Andy Reid running backs doing well, but now we have like a couple of years where they didn't really, which is a bit nerve wracking. Um, so you know things things are the way they are, you know, until they're not. Uh, and maybe we've gotten to that point with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But I, I I take your point there for sure. Um, was there? A player. Let's maybe less let's talk about team more. Talk about like individual performances and players. Was there anyone that stood out to you as like you know a role emerged for that player or maybe a role disappeared for that player? Someone that maybe you were shocked to see get a lot more usage or a lot less usage uh, than we anticipated in the beginning of the year.
1: Well, I mean, Trey Sermon being a healthy scratch was. <laughs> Oh, that's so <laughs>
0: gratifying. Andre was messaging me so much about how much he loved his team and how much he loved Trey Sermon. And then seeing him be a healthy scratch, I- I'd be lying if I didn't get a half chub out of it. It felt really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he'll come back now with Mostert missing the year, which is unfortunate for Chris. But it's, I think he'll come back and do something under Shanahan's offense.
0: That's probably right. It was really interesting to see Shanahan say though that like that Mitchell got the nod because he outplayed the other two guys. Like he out yeah. he said straight up he outplayed Hasty and Sermon. Which was like surprising because no one, you know, knew this dude's name before last Sunday. Yeah.
1: yeah, he was like the the fourth or the third or whatever it was. It was he was definitely down the list.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very curious to see how high uh, the waiver bids are for him and to see if Chris tries to blow his budget or if Andre tries to blow his budget and then drop Trey Sermon. Like, I I just, I mean, anytime Andre fails, it makes me happy. Um,
1: you want to talk, talk about your waiver wire uh, strategy this week?
0: Well, yeah, let's move into that because I think we're getting to that point. So... Uh, I mean, obviously, Elijah Mitchell is probably looking like the top waiver wire ad this week. Uh, You know, if you can be the lead back in that uh, San Francisco running attack, that's going to be super valuable. Do you have, you know, just looking through the list right now that they have up on Sleeper, do you have any interest in Mark Ingram? Like, is he a guy that you would target with a bid or do you think that that's just like... You know, a an anomalous game script in Houston, and that Ingram's not going to have any chance of that kind of volume again. What do you think?
1: I, I well, I think Mark Ingram's indicative of my strategy overall this week is that it's I, there's no one I would spend like more than ten percent of. Um, do you know what our budget is? Is it 200, 100 thousand Yeah, we're still
0: at two hundred.
1: Two hundred, yeah. So I wouldn't spend like more than twenty dollars on anyone. Like if I get Mark Ingram, it'd be nice because he's he looks like he's the starting running back, but I have. No faith in Houston, like they're going to be so bad, and I don't want like a the lead back of a committee of a, of a bad team. But he might, he might have a floor.
0: Yeah, and he's like a guy that doesn't catch passes either. Because <laughs> odds are, Houston's going to be throwing a ton, and Mark Ingram is not a guy that catches passes.
1: Yeah, And even Elijah Mitchell, like he's looks like he's good, but like last year after Moster was out, like it was a carousel of running backs in san francisco and whoever whoever started like whoever killed it that week killed it that week they got 15 20 points but you didn't really know who it was going to be exactly so like that's my at least my strategy like there's a couple guys if i get them that's nice but if not like i'll just wait till waivers run and then just pick the bones kind of thing
0: Fair enough. So then, I mean, obviously with the Judy injury, you might be looking to pick up a wide receiver. So of the top waiver ads this week out of like Tim Patrick, Christian Kirk, potentially even Jawan Johnson, even though he's been a wide receiver, or even like a Sterling Shepherd or a Cedric Wilson, uh, who's maybe someone that you're feeling a little high on? Who's someone that you're you're thinking you may want to stay away from?
1: See It's actually when the guy I have my eyes on is Cordero Patterson because he's got dual... Like positions, right? And he looks like he could be—you could share time out there in Atlanta. Like Atlanta looked really bad, but if he's gonna do both and he's gonna get play, then like I might be targeting him. He's—he's he's one of the guys I'm higher up on than the sleeper app. It looks like.
0: Yeah, I think he's already been picked up though. I feel like someone has Cordero. No, on his team. Uh,
1: Dan- Danny had picked them up and then dropped him.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Not gonna lie i'm i'm a little bit intrigued by a sterling shepherd because i feel like that giants team is gonna throw a ton and sterling Shepard kind of being that slot guy that kind of uh safety valve for daniel jones i think could be kind of sneaky valuable and i i i'm you know i'm not gonna bet or waste a ton of fab on sterling shepherds but i'm I'm definitely interested in Sterling Shepherd this week. I think he could be really sneakily valuable as the year goes on now, now since I have a wonderful stable of wide receiver twos, I'm not sure how much I need him. Um, but it's it, he's definitely of that list. I think he might go undervalued compared to like a Tim Patrick or a Kirk or an Osborne or even a Zach pascal i'm yeah. I'm kind of in on Sterling Shepherd a little bit,
1: yeah i I like Osborne as well too just because of his role, it looks established in the offense. And Sterling, I agree with you, Sterling Shepard could be a, a value, but it's the narrative behind Kenny Galladay working up into the office. And like, he's a good player. He's got to get acclimated. So he'll take more of the target share, but Sterling Shepard's been solid throughout his career. I feel like, so he can definitely like provide value.
0: Most definitely. Uh, so Nick, I think we're getting to the end here. Uh, I'm going to get leads off for you here. Uh, I can't remember who your next week's matchup is. You're going up against... Let me see if I can find it real quick. It is Taras. You're going up against Taras. Uh, Do you have any uh, shit that you want to talk to Taras as the week comes up? Or any shit that you want to talk to the league uh, before we sign off here?
1: I think that he definitely shouldn't have been ranked higher than me in the draft... Like post-draft podcast. But just by one space, just by
0: one spot, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> I don't know, something like that. It was close.
0: Okay, so you, you're you're saying Taras' <laughs> team is trash compared to yours, and that he should eat your shit?
1: Not trash. Just like when <laughs> when you're when you're dressing, My personal opinion: if you want to go high QB, high tight end. You have to only pick one because then your depth at wide receiver and RB are going to be shit. And then that kind of proves my point with his team. Okay. And like a couple other teams did that as well. Like Chris did that as well, but you can't deny the fucking like, dominance that is Mahomes.
0: Hill, Terrifying and KC stack.
1: Yeah, but I did want to send. I did want to send out shout out to you, bro. You want to make a trade? I like. I like Harris. And I like Pollard.
0: We can talk about running backs and wide receivers. I'm. I'm kind of still in the market. I think so. We. We can definitely talk. I haven't. I need. I haven't taken a close enough look at your team to to really kind of uh, think off the top of my head right now. I think I'm still riding high off seeing most of my wide receiver picks kind of boom a little bit this week. But uh, you know, give me give me a few, uh, a cut, you know, a day or two to think about it, and I think we can definitely I, cook something up.
1: I gotta give a shout out to you because the trade offers you've sent me have been all very reasonable, and I've been way too gun shy to pull the trigger. So you know, keep doing what you're doing.
0: You hear that, League? My trade offers are reasonable. I want everyone <laughs> to hear that. That was on the record.
1: When you sent me the trade offer for Judy or Williams for Judy, like, yeah, it's it was definitely reasonable. It would have been a very good trade. And then if I had pulled the trigger, I wouldn't have a guy sitting on my IR for eight weeks.
0: It definitely worked out better for me there. Because I my, my logic there was I, I honestly wasn't sure if Murray might take over that backfield or not. So I really kind of wanted to try and sell high on Williams before he even played. Uh, and I think the rest of the league, kind of like you, was a little bit gun-shy on that. Uh, and, but now that he's kind of shown uh, that maybe, you know, as long as his head is on straight right now, he could be kind of the main back out there. He's, uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to pry him out of my hands. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, if, if he can emerge from that backfield muck, then yeah, you definitely got some. He, got, he found some gold.
0: Yeah. So, see if he can if he can fend off all the other uh, geriatric running backs that are hanging yeah. out in the practice squad out there with the Ravens. Well, Nick, I'm gonna wish you best of luck next week. Now that we're not playing each other, you know, you're 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 a manager <laughs> that I have uh, a a lot of respect for, and like I said, we have that. But grudging but respectful rivalry for each other here uh, and I, I hope nothing but the for the best for you and I look forward, I think we're going to have to face each other again in the regular season before we inevitably meet in the first round of the playoffs um, yeah, but I sure. wish you well until then, hope you have a good week.
1: <laughs> Alright man, thank you for having me on, I appreciate it and good luck to you as well.
0: So folks, you can tune in next week around the same time to hear our week two reactions uh, with all the action that's happening in the NFL <laughs> So until then, keep crying.
1: I like guys that are scored.